1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Episode 18, Finding the Perfect Match with Michelle Nasser and Caitlin Cooper of The 3-Day Rule. You're listening to The Race for the Ring, a podcast about dating in the digital decade. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm a PR queen, a published inspirational author, motivational speaker, mom, and dating diva. Each week, I'll have a special guest dish dating dilemmas and delights with me, and together we'll maneuver how to play the game, not get played, and claim the most prized possession, self-love. Ready, set, go. Today we are joined by not one, but two special guests. They're both matchmakers who scour the ends of the earth to find the perfect match for men and women all over New York City and the Philadelphia regions. They're both significantly seasoned in the relationship arena. Our first guest, Michelle Nacer has training in human sexuality among many other layers of education and our second guest caitlin cooper also a dating strategist is a licensed health coach and an nlp practitioner they both leverage their skills as members of the three-day rule team in the tri-state area welcome ladies to the race for the ring thanks for joining me today thanks for having us Hi. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So first, before we get into everything, I want to know what exactly is the three-day rule? Anybody can go. <laughs>
2: it's well, the play <laughs> on the joke. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Swingers where they, they make a joke about waiting three days to call a girl back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So for the, the antithesis of that. So basically we don't like games. We don't want you to wait. We don't want you to wait three days. If you like the girl, call the girl, set up the next date. So it's a little play on that.
1: How about the girl? Can the girl call the guy? There, absolutely. Especially
2: in modern day rules. I think a lot of that stuff is shifting with gender, even fluidity, expanding into everyday, even you know heterosexual relationships. But all that stuff is out the door that the, you have to wait for the guy. There is a lot more proactive levels these days uh, with women approaching
1: men. And you don't think girls still have that stereotype that they might be coined like psycho or desperate if they call (laughs) the... I mean, asking Everything for a friend, all that's a- all.
2: <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's all about approach. It's all about tonality. It's the way and the drive behind the action. So if you're showing up at someone's house at three o'clock in the morning and throwing a at the why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call me? That might be more psycho girl. Um, yeah. If you are you know, calm and confident and go with what you really want, that's never going to be misconstrued as desperate unless somebody already has a preconceived notion about not wanting a relationship
1: relationship and has like, an and, they, and, and you're not taking no for the answer. basically. Exactly. Yeah. Then it's time to call them the stray jackets, I guess. Right. <laughs> How about you, Mikhail? What do you think? So, what, what's the difference in today's matchmaking? Um, I guess like industry versus years past. I mean, matchmaking isn't new. It's been around much longer, obviously than online dating has. Um, so what, for those of the, those of our listeners out there, men and women, cause I know you service both, what, um, what what is the, some of the benefits, and wh- why is it different today versus days in the past?
0: Yeah, so matchmaking is an age old practice we've seen it in a lot of cultures around the world and historically, so you know I happen to be Jewish, and my grandparents and great grandparents were all set up, and we're talking about people in villages and things like that being like you and you, you should you know be set up. So there have been matchmakers around forever and it's all about having things aligned, families and values and stuff like that. And modern day match, matchmaking is something completely different because now our options are limitless. And today a matchmaker is all about curating an experience and giving you that value if you're not time affluent. So at the end of the day, my clients are my friends and I'm there to save them time. That's that's key. I know that's like one of the pitfalls
1: or downfalls or fallbacks, all the above, on um, for online dating. A lot of people find, um, myself included, I'm not doing it now, but when I was, I found it just to be so time consuming. Is you have to go through all of these guys, and I'm like heterosexual, so I'm like obviously looking for a male. Um, and <laughs> and it sounds like, I'm like i just picked up a puppy. It sounds like kind of says to me similar to like <laughs> I want a guy or a girl, or whatever. Anyway, sorry. So it's you have to. Go through all of these candidates and read through them and then you have to invest time in te- texting and getting to know them and like you know you're not necessarily for me I wasn't necessarily one to immediately give out my phone number so then you have to go back on the app and remember to go back on the app to like write you them back in a time and that or you look like you don't have time for them and then you go on the date and then after all that work it cannot be a fit you know, I mean obviously that's pop- part of the course, I understand. So talk to me a little bit about how you're saving your client's time and who some of your clients might be, um, you know, age range, profession, like all of that, or does it kind of like run the gamut?
2: Well, we joke around a three-day rule that we go on all the bad first dates for our clients. and that's-
1: <laughs> Awesome. You're hired. Yeah,
2: exactly. So <laughs> that's for the middleman. It's like, we're the ones that are going to see if, they, if their pictures are 10 years old. Or if, <sighs> if you look at a photo, you look at a dating app and it is a branded, contrived way to present yourself to the world, whether or not it's accurate or not, we don't know. And so our job is to really dig down like, Especially why we have such amazing people like Michal and all these other women on our staff of like trained psychotherapists, sex therapists, you know, licensed family marriage counselors so that we can read through the BS in some ways and really try to get an idea of who this person is, what their values are, what they're seeking. Because with matchmaking, you don't want it to be a casual date. You want to make sure that you guys are two people in the same room looking for the same thing. So you have a fighting chance to make it.
1: That's really important. So are you doing the, the, I don't want to call it dirty work, but are you doing like the homework, if you will, for people that are, have hired you or are you also just out and about kind of scouring the city for candidates to match your clients with or kind of both?
2: Well, Michal is the queen of networking in Philly. So I work in other cities all over the country because we have, we have uh, LA, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Chicago, OC, you know, DC, Boston. Awesome. Yeah, we're everywhere. But um, a lot of it when pre-COVID, was in-person recruitment, in-person meeting, and all of that. And Michal is like the queen of networking. So you, you should talk to her about this because she's the one that's like knocking on doors and like interrupting coffee meetings and like, hey, who are you? You know, scouring the city for the perfect match. And, and I think I admire that about her. How good she is at that. My thank
0: Okay, you, okay,
1: you can answer. That sounds fun, Michal.
0: I might want your I job. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm shameless. And I, I am not afraid to approach people and find out if they're single. So the people who hire me, they know that I'm spending my days, my nights. I mean, not, I mean, I have to sleep too, but yeah. they know that I'm spending my time keeping my eyes peeled and searching for them and not being afraid to, to reach out, you know? Um, Cause you know, before when we went to bars and stuff like that, you check people out, but Imagine how hard it is to like walk over to a group of people and be like, you, hey, are you single? I think you're cute, you know? In front of all their friends. That's what I do. What they're with so their do girlfriend?
1: It. Do you like, do you like, assume, it's, there's,
0: yeah? For a guy to walk over to a group of girls, ooh, that's hard, you know? Um, yeah. But for me to walk over to a group of girls and be like, all right, ladies, who here is single? And do that for one of my male clients or do that to a big group of guys why not? And then I had, I have these amazing one-on-one conversations with people where I find out who they really are and what they're looking for. So I get the skinny. What did everybody have like
1: a different, like, I guess, like, obviously everybody's looking for different things, but what seems to be like the ongoing theme among some of the people you talk to? in terms Normal. of partners that they're seeking. Normal. <laughs> that they don't want a crazy person, yeah. right?
2: I mean, listen, every, uni- every person is dramatically unique in what they're seeking, whether it's partnership, marriage, children, something unconventional. But I think across the board, when people come to us, it's because they have been disappointed with what they have been finding with, when there isn't accuracy. So like you're on a dating app, someone isn't who say, they say they are and there's burnout. It's like, I'm just so tired. This is what you hear a lot. I'm so tired of having to do all this work and then find out they weren't who they say they were. Yeah. And I'm looking for like a normal human who's kind and makes me laugh. Like those are obviously the basics. Uh, we wanna be treated well. And then a lot of our job too is unwinding bad patterns. So like you might meet somebody that thinks they want X But then you find out that that's a repeated pattern that isn't serving their highest self. And then we have to unwind that a little bit, do a lot of coaching, which what dating strategy is, is dating coaching, just to be clear about that. Yeah,
1: great. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to segue into some of that because you what you're, you're not therapist, but you actually work on people's personalities and kind of figure out like what, what I guess make them happy and make them complete so that they're able to then attract what they really want. Is that right?
2: Yeah, and we have plenty of therapists on staff, but coaching mm-hmm. is very different. Coaching is like goal oriented strategies about how to shift patterns. And we do a lot of like webinars, we do class teaches. We have professionals that come in on our matchmaking team, and then we get to pick their brain that are, you know, famous authors and stuff in the world of love and matchmaking so that we can utilize all this information, translate that to our clients so that they can be an informed, empowered, and very clear data.
0: That's great. And I think I think also, you know, you started to touch on how we coach clients. Yeah. The big, the big thing that I love is that we're not exactly a fly on the wall, but we talk to both people after the dates and that's where you find out so much because feedback is a gift. So if I'm able to tell you what someone's impression of you was the mm-hmm. good, the bad, the ugly, all these things, it can mm-hmm. make you feel more confident. It can give you some ideas of things you need to work on because we all can learn and grow.
1: Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you found that are most striking, like positive and negative feedback that you've gotten from after first dates from either party, guy or girl?
0: You know, or, I hear sometimes I hear women talk about men being uh, intimidated by success, and oftentimes men are. That men I, are intimidated yeah. by success. And then when I talk to men after dates, they often report to me how they found it sexy or amazing when the woman was ambitious. So I've always found that really interesting. That is interesting. So then what, what, what were some of the things that
1: they may have not liked? Like, is there anything that you find to be a, a common theme amongst men or guys or girls in terms of like turnoffs?
2: It's less about turnoffs and it's more about miscommunication. Okay. So I think the biggest thing that will happen is the misunderstanding of how the date went if the other person liked them and what next so often more often than not you'll get a call where it's like uh i don't really know if he liked me and the guy's like i don't know if she liked me and what's interesting is there's a lot of psychology behind actually increasing your attraction to somebody when you know when they like you back and that's mm. huge in men so a lot of times i think we find time and time again women are playing a little too small on the dates and the men mm. are getting the misinterpretation the girl's like oh i really liked him but i was trying to play it cool and the guy didn't make a move because she was playing it too cool and then we and he wasn't
1: a- sure oh wow so and this time- is out before it even heats up <laughs> oh, you gotta understand funny. like the me too
2: movement really has changed a lot because really good guys are not going to push boundaries too soon. And because a lot has shifted in that world of like being very respectful, yeah. not pushing boundaries, women have to give a lot more signals than they used to for a guy yeah. to make the first move. And then mm-hmm. when the guy doesn't make the move, the girl doesn't think she's interested and the loop and spiral downward, it goes. So, so- if
1: I'm on a date, um, I'm going to interrupt you, Caitlin, but if I'm on a date and I want, I have a tendency to play it cool. As you said, I don't think it's on purpose. I think I just, well, maybe I guess it is on purpose, but I, it also takes me a hot minute to warm up. I think to so, so someone. Um, I mean, I'm friendly, but I keep it in the friend zone, which is I think I'm learning kind of part of whatever my I don't want to say downfall, but maybe some of the things I needed to work on. But to that, what what kind of signals would I be able to give off so that I can share that I'm interested in somebody, but not look like I'm, um, you know, overly interested? If you know what I mean.
2: Hmm okay so the number one thing is being able to fall into an authentic place in like a quick beat before you get on the date so i always tell all my female clients or men too think about like your dog you have an adorable dog now see that smile that's coming across your face when you think about your dog so natural it's so light you're so in this like space when we're two in our heads, we're thinking about the next thing to say. We're thinking about how to make sure we represent ourselves properly, Da da da. Versus when you're in sync with somebody and you're just like casual and you're happy and you're just confident and light, it's so much easier to present who you are. So yeah. I always tell people think about a dog or a family friend or a niece or a nephew that like brings a warm smile to your face before you walk in or hum a song. In your head, if you find yourself getting too nervous, because it helps calm that central nervous system down so that mm-hmm. you can present as your most authentic self.
1: So like not- I'm too sexy. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: <laughs> that would be mine. <laughs>
1: <I'm> just kidding.
2: <laughs> and here's the thing: there is a pot, there's a lid for every pot. That's the saying, right? Yeah. And so if that's your MO and that's who you are authentically every single day. There's probably going to be a guy somewhere like oh i think that's hot and there's yeah. going to be other guys that don't like it right yeah and instead yeah you're not going to be someone that you're not it's more about being comfortable with who you are and presenting that with clarity and seeing if that person is compatible versus like orchestrating a specific way of being right
1: yeah no that's I really good that. advice that's really good advice okay did you have something to add no, yeah no, i'm you, sorry
0: you just want to you just want to imagine that like it's like you're sitting on a plane next to this person, and oh, you might find things in common, and it's just this pressure-free situation, but we put so much pressure on dates, which is where we can see bad behaviors happen, you know, Mm -hmm. like averting your eyes, or asking someone too quickly if they want kids, or things like that, you know, or being a little bit too shy, and not giving a compliment, So that they just walk away with a friendly vibe, you know? That's a good analogy, though, to to envision
1: yourself on a plane. Because I feel like people probably put their guard down. They're not thinking that they're going to be, like, talking to someone who might be of interest in that way on an airplane. You're just sort of, like, you figure, okay, I'm on this plane for two hours, five hours, depending on where you're going. You know, maybe longer, shorter, obviously. Mm -hmm. And you're just making chit-chat. And you're just being yourself. And, oh, are they your kids? And they open their phone or, you know, like, that kind of stuff. That's really good advice, both of you. That's really good. And it's it's
0: why I like virtual dating. Actually, Um, I'm so impressed and wowed by where dating is going right now. Oh, let's talk about that. I'm glad I I
1: wanted to get into that a little bit too. So let's dive right in.
0: Whether it's matchmaking or online, virtual dating is the new, is like the new dating. And I am finding that, you know, this, this issue of being your authentic self and like not having the nerves, For so many people, this is working so well to be in the comfort of your own home and have this low stakes game. And that's why I feel like there's going to be tons of love stories that come out of this time.
1: I think so too. I've been, I started this podcast in February, like obviously before the shutdown, but since the shutdown, and now we're coming out of the shutdown, but obviously there's still social distancing and, you know, things like that. So I think that virtual dating is probably gonna go on for quite a while. I found that there's like, it's sort of weeding out hookups from the relationship seekers because, um, and I keep saying this on my shows, but it's a, a lot of what I'm hearing is like, you know, if you're going to spend the time online where there's no shot of getting any, I hate to put it that way, but like, you know, that on a, after a given date, there's no one night stand options, let's say, right? If you're a virtual, I mean, I guess you could always drive over the person's house, but the likelihood is slim that that's happening. You know, people are investing the time into these virtual meetings and getting to know the person's soul before they get to know the rest of them physically. So that's that's great. So can you talk to me without like sharing too many details uh, about maybe some of your recent successes that you've had with matching some of your clients in this setting of virtual reality, so to speak.
2: Well, there's two points of success here. There's the matchmaking that we're doing as individuals, and then there's the speed dating that we're doing as groups.
1: Oh, let's talk about both. Okay.
2: She's the queen. So she's been setting up virtual speed dating and curating the events. And the one thing I'll add before she takes over, which I find interesting, is let's say, for example, women are very big about height they're very big about certain little aspects that they want in this perfect guy that they're constructing on this list that they come up with. But Mm -hmm. the thing about virtual dating is it kind of removes a lot of that because Mm -hmm. you're not necessarily seeing them walk into a bar. You're not seeing them in comparison to other people. You're not seeing the shoes that they're wearing because a lot of that doesn't really matter. It's like you're just Connecting with them, like you said, on an emotional level. Um, but what Michal has been doing is making sure that every single person in that seat has the possibility of being connected with that person based on demographics, because we have all that intel in our database already. Mm-hmm. So she can take it from here. What she's been doing.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. There's been success with matchmaking. There's been success with speed dating. I love both of them you know but you know speed dating is a lot of people at once the difference is it's not just like oh a bunch of random people sign up to be in this one night I I curate the group so I put in all the time and the effort and I give people a really fun night of dating and And how does
1: someone participate let's start there in case some of our listeners are interested in doing that okay Is is it done by geographical location is there a cost involved obviously like things like that
0: Yeah, so um, the idea is that like you have to be in my database to start out. So you go to 3-Day Rule and you could say that you heard about it through Michal or through Caitlin. Um, And so that's like the first step. And then you talk to a matchmaker to tell us about who you are and what you're looking for and your parameters. You know, I want to know, like, are you open to dating someone with kids? Do you want, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've mostly been focusing my groups now on Philadelphia, New York and D.C. But the beauty of this virtual dating time is like you really could go anywhere. So Mm -hmm. I'm being a little bit experimental right now and I've run a bunch of events, but you know, I'm kind of open to seeing where it goes. The great thing about Three Day Rule is we're all over the country. So Mm -hmm. we have such a wide reach so like I just hosted an event on Tuesday that had a combona- combination of like DC and Philly people which was really fun
1: that's great and that's not that far I mean that's a quick ride like, on a train or something like that but that's just
2: shifting thinking. Corona so the, the things that have changed for from matchmaking pre-Corona versus now so what we've noticed is a lot of people have realizing how much they are seeking connection because when you get it all pulled away you're like oh I'm just sitting yeah. in my apartment alone for three months staring at the wall
1: and I'm lonely <laughs> yeah. And maybe I
2: need to really make dating a priority. So that is true. Like you said, a lot of the guys looking for casual hookups have sort of drifted into the background and that noise is quieter. But I think the other thing is people are realizing like geography doesn't matter as much. And maybe you could connect with somebody and build something over FaceTime for a while. And we're seeing it happen. And I'm seeing it all over the place from San Mm -hmm. Francisco to LA, from New York to, you know, Silicon Valley, where Mm -hmm. let's just get to know each other because maybe... Maybe I'm living in a place where my my partner isn't and we can open it up because there's different demographics in every city So there's all these women in New York City. Why not virtual date with someone in San Francisco when there's tons of guys and right now? Yeah, Can I Interrupt
1: for just a sec. But then what happens when like the world opens up and you want to actually see them?
2: It's a great question. So the thing is when you do long-distance dating and I met my husband long-distance my really oh yeah, we lived in two different states. Um, when my brother met his wife and he was in Afghanistan and she was in Massachusetts and they okay. it over Skype. The goal when you do long distance is that one person eventually has to move and that person needs to be aware of it beforehand. So we okay. don't do long distance unless the other person is willing to move there. But when one person is willing, it opens things up so much
1: okay so you kind of scout out that before you would match people from different parts of the country like as long as you have someone say yes i'm open to relocating if i met someone that's worthwhile
2: and that's the okay. first thing we ask people. We ask a lot of questions. <laughs> yes, I'm <laughs> sure.
1: Yeah.
2: Would you ever move? Would you relocate for love? Those are huge questions that we ask every single person.
1: Okay, awesome. Okay, so back to the speed dating a little bit. So it's people that are in your database and then you're kind of curating a group and if some, we can get into how people can get in touch with you. I'm just curious. I think some of our listeners probably would want to participate. Uh, maybe get their feet wet that way and then see if you know, matchmaking might be for them. I know I have a lot of single totally. friends who I heard I was interviewing matchmakers today and they're like oh my god I want to do that too I want to do that I want to do that because I think they're over the whole online thing and meeting organically is easier said than done sometimes especially in this fast-paced world we live in and now that we're all sort of like in our homes for the most part like not out and about in restaurants the way we were before corona hit and things like that it's harder obviously tell
2: all those girls you go to 3dayrule.com you make a free profile you're gonna immediately get connected with a matchmaker that will be able to talk to you about what we do we do virtual meetings we do intakes. We're going to learn about the past, the present, what you want in the future and everything in between. Um, and then that's a free dating pool. So we use that dating pool to match with our paying clients all the time. So mm. I would suggest anybody that's interested to sign up because we've even contacted people months and months later and match them. So it's always happening in the background, but my advice is to sign up with an active email that you check regularly because that's how we communicate with people in our pool. How mm. we send our matches is all through that. And it's called okay visible so it's not blind so you will see photos on both ends everybody all right yeah
0: and follow us on instagram because like 3 roll is always putting out amazing content and so is caitlin and me and you can see what we're up to and what we think because the fact is as matchmakers we have to stay on top of what dating is we have to stay abreast of everything that's happening, and oh my God, have we gotten a crash course lately? Because all we do is talk to people now about what's virtual dating been like for you and you and you, and what do you like about these same dates, and what don't you, and things like that. And so we've become the experts so quickly as we're talking to people. We have the insider scoop. We know who's swiping left and right on who. We know who says yes and no to a second virtual date and why. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been an amazing. I mean, in the beginning, it was a little bit hard. It was like, whoa, what does this all mean? But it's been an amazing opportunity to pivot what we do um, and help people during a lonely time. That's fantastic.
1: Okay. Two fast questions. Instagram. So what's your handle since you mentioned Instagram for your, for your.
2: So three day rule is our uh, company. Right. I am Caitlin Inspires spelled C A I T L I N, Um, And Michal is matched by Michal, right? M-I-C-H-A-L.
1: Okay, perfect. Well, we'll have all that in the show notes too. And obviously a link Thank to you. the website and everything. Um, we're not wrapping up yet. Although oh so it's not, not quite yet. I just wanted to make sure I got the Instagram information in because I, I don't usually talk about that um on the show. Okay. So dating mistakes. Um, we briefly touched on that, but is there anything like is a complete mess like miss that some or make make a mess of your date like not to do um questions you shouldn't ask say or is there any when we are able to go out and meet in person like places you shouldn't go and what are your thoughts on maybe taking that virtual date to like say a park or something that's more open so that you can meet like maybe six feet apart so to
0: speak face to face you ask really good questions. Um, the yeah. first mistake that people make is judging someone too quickly. Mm-hmm. Give someone a chance, you know? See, so make it your mission to find out what is authentic and special about them. So that's what we and as the same, that's, that's a same good answer. answer. Yeah.
2: Like don't talk about politics on a first date. Don't talk no about money. Don't talk about exes. Don't talk about like overtly sexual things. Like all the same <laughs> <laughs> I, on a I'm
1: first not talking date. about that before you meet. I'm like, okay, block. <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so gross. A lot yeah. of times on dates, we can get
2: incredibly nervous. And sometimes when you get nervous, things blurt out. So yeah. I think it's yeah. great. Like, I think the best daters are the ones that are the most prepared in terms of they have their, their, their go-to, like questions they have their go-to stories they have the elevator pitch about themselves mm-hmm. like ready to rock so that they don't get too in depth about certain things and then they're able to listen i think the best the worst dates are when people don't listen to each other and they're, yeah. just, they're waiting for the next thing to say or they're completely checked out
1: yeah so, oh i know listen. i i agree i agree with that i feel like sometimes i've been on first dates and they constantly just talking about themselves and i'm like and i actually ask a lot of questions i used to be a reporter and I, i'm always inquisitive i love to find out about people even if i don't feel like there is a connection like i'm not attracted to the person like you took the time to meet me like we're right here at a place or whatever like i'm gonna get to know them you know but then they go on and on you and on. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> not want to know one thing about me like <laughs> my last name no, maybe <laughs> not
2: a good person that's a big misnomer that because somebody's talking Much and they're not asking enough questions, it doesn't necessarily mean, it could be, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're not a good person or a good match. It could be nerves.
1: Yeah. A lot
2: of different things. And that's why we always say, if they were repulsive, if there was like decent <laughs> connection in the sense of like, okay, you talked a little bit, there was some back and forth. He was like, not repulsive to you, go on a second date. Like, I think with virtual, why not? You're not spending- Oh, it's so easy.
1: Yeah, you just get on Zoom or whatever, yeah, Skype and or FaceTime. Yeah, exactly.
2: so- and We're recommending people to develop things over FaceTime and Zoom first, because one, we're not pushing people to be out in the world. It, it We are in hot spots in all of our cities. Like all of our matchmaking hubs are in LA, New York City. Yeah. You know, all yeah. that. we want people to get to know each other and then use their own judgment about how they're going to be safe moving forward. What we don't want is just forcing people. Yeah. You should go on walks with everybody. Not necessarily. choosing. And build it over for, like virtual first. That's, a, that.
1: that's good advice. Okay. We're almost out of time, but I want to find out, Mikhail, Um, So what do you think, who do you think my match should be based on some of the qualities and personality
0: oh. <laughs> information?
1: You know, I'm curious. My producer wanted me to find that. Yeah. Out. So I've
0: talked, so I've talked to you before and um, yeah. we have this like r- analogy that we use in in the matchmaking world where we talk about the rock and the star and the star is more of this like ambitious person with a big career they light up the room they like to schmooze that kind of thing and then the rock is that solid grounded person probably the good listener and um i think you see yourself with a star but you probably need a rock mindy Mm -hmm. knowing you i need to get a rock
2: yeah I, j- I, I would agree with that, and I haven't met you as much as we hallowed but I think the rock and the star combination is so balancing, and it doesn't mean rocks are boring.
0: That's no, no, no. It. They have violent charisma.
2: Yeah, and they're the grounding force that, like, when you have a difficult day and you're having an emotional shutdown, they're the one who like, uh, listen and hold you versus being with someone just as loud and just as demand and just all of this energy. When you have two of those going together, then you can have shooting stars that burn out really quick.
1: So. No, that's good. That's actually true, I think. I mean, I believe what you're saying. I I I can see that. kind of So do you always have rocks?
0: No, no, no. we have rocks and stars because sometimes two rocks can go well together and sometimes two stars, you know. To a but wedding, I need, I need I a rock cuz I have a lot of energy. Yeah.
1: Okay, find me the rock, <laughs> probably the diamond category. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. All right, ladies. Well, this was so much fun. I cannot believe we're like out of time. I didn't even get into any of my like, I usually go into like, like, some articles and then we just had our own organic conversation. That was awesome. We'll have to have you come back on another time. Um, We'd love to be back. Yeah. It's so fun. Okay. So last pieces of advice for our ladies and gentlemen out there single. um, Why, you know, Pieces of advice for their dating experiences. Why maybe they should consider a matchmaker? It's not. I mean, it's not like it's bad if you get a little help. I mean, it's fine. It's. I think it actually makes you more coveted and you know selective in that way that you are picked by you. You don't select everybody, obviously, in terms of like who you work with and stuff like that. You need to make sure like you're can't you're representing strong people. I would imagine.
0: Dating is not magic, it, it requires effort, it requires work and it requires strategy. So one of those strategies is online dating. Online dating is a great thing. Another one is using your friends and family to set you up and another one is matchmaking. So explore them, they're all fantastic. I mean, we're really good at what we do and we believe in what we do, which is why we wake up every day excited to do our jobs. So go to Three Day Rule, check us out, follow us on Instagram, stay in touch with us. Um, awesome. That's my piece of advice for you. Well, it's
2: like a financial portfolio, diversify, diversify, diversify. And I truly believe when what Michal said that if you're not willing to put effort in, what do you expect the effort to come back in? There isn't going to be this like Amazon delivery one day with two day shipping where you unwrap it and here's your husband. It's going to be effort. There's going to be time put in. And I do think that if some people don't have the time or aren't willing to do that, that's when matchmaking can really fill in the gaps. But there's nothing wrong with signing up for a free database where you could get set up for free too. So 3 do it.
1: <laughs> awesome, love it, love it. Okay, thanks guys. I appreciate you taking time and we will catch you next time. Okay. Thank you. Take care. All right, have a good one. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. If you like today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death a date I'll catch you next week and in the meantime be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram Facebook Twitter and LinkedIn my handles and contacts are in the show notes it's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate bye-bye